재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Mondays are a good day for foodies on this program because we devote the entire rest of the show to daydreaming about food with a true expert by the name of Yerika Park. She is the sole digital editor or the digital editor for the sole Michelin guide, I should say, and an all-around uh, expert in not just appreciating food but in creating food in her own kitchen. So hopefully we can inspire some people out there. Hi, Yerika. Good morning. Nice to see you. Did you have any uh, fun food adventures this weekend? Mm-hmm. I did. Uh, last, As usual. Last night I had a little gathering with uh, a small group of friends. That's how I prefer it. Uh, we had a, a really interesting pairing. We, I, I paired Indian curry, uh, several different types of Indian curry, um, and the Korean makgeolli. Because That's interesting. That's you know, a- in India, they, they drink that yogurt drink, lassi. Mm-hmm. So my friends and I were talking one day, and we'd be like... We were like, makgeolli would totally work with, um, you know, curry, theoretically speaking, because it's got the same, like, sour, tangy kind of, like, flavor profiles as the lassi. I mean, it's usually sort of uh, an after-dinner drink. Mm-hmm. The lassi is, is yeah. there to settle your stomach, right? Sure. It's all, you know, you set it on fire, and then you put the fire out mm-hmm. with the yogurt lassi. Sure. So, is that what you guys did? You ate the hot curry, and then you no, put the fire actually, out? we actually, like, drank it throughout the throughout. meal, and it really went well together. Really? Yeah. That's I made a chicken tikka masala and palak paneer, which is the spinach sure. and uh, the cheese curry yeah. with all the, the, the works, the naans, the roti, paratas, and samosas, and it was delicious. Indian, Highly recommended. Seoul Indian restaurant owners take note. It is time for you <laughs> to uh, start doing makgeolli and curry pairings. I yeah. would have never thought to do that. Yeah. It but was I guess really interesting, but it worked for makgeolli sure. Makgeolli itself, and it has sort of, I've always characterized it as milky. It's got sort of yeah. that stuff. All right, let's get to... Um, our topic du jour, sure. <laughs> topic of the week. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about an ingredient that is commonly consumed throughout the hot summer months because it has cooling properties. Um, and ironically, this particular ingredient it comes into season, meaning it is harvested in the fall, um, in late September to uh, you know mid October, and then the season lasts through the winter months because as time passes, the fragrance of this particular grain-like seeds, it you know it it uh, it tapers out. Mm. So preferably, if you want to enjoy the the fragrance of this um, ingredient, you should be eating it. In the in the cooler months of the year, okay, um, and yet it comes in handy now in the summertime because again it cools down the body. Mm. You know, lots of everybody has different body types, right? Um, you know, yes, it always talks about you know things like that. Some people have a higher body temperature, and for people like that, it's it's kind of hell going through the Korean summers. It's like so humid, so hot, and this ingredient cools down the body temperature. And what I'm talking about is buckwheat or mm. memil in Korean. Buckwheat, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, versatile, I guess. And it's um, it's it's really confusing too because the name itself, buckwheat. Okay, so is it a, is it a type of wheat? Well, first of all, it's not a grain, and it's not a cereal either. It's Are you a saying seed. it's not wheat? No, it's not. It's a seed. It's derived from the seeds of a flowering plant. It's not a grain again. And uh, the buckwheat groats are small triangular seeds. And um, basically, there's a single seed inside a harder, harder outer, hard outer hull, right? And what people do is they roast it. Um, they grind it into flour. So many different cultures around the world eat buckwheat in many different forms. But mm. some of the more common 
Um, universal dishes that kind of like share a similarity are buckwheat noodles, for example, sure. buckwheat pancakes. Um, Koreans love buckwheat noodles. And uh, we're going to talk about the specific dishes a little bit later on in the show. But I find it so interesting that so many different cultures around the world have been consuming this um, kind of like a grain-like seed for so many years. So it's not wheat, technically. No. But it behaves like wheat. If I had a bag of freshly harvested buckwheat, Mm -hmm. what would I be looking at? What kind of color would I be looking at? It's kind of like greenish on the outside. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, It's not a wheat at all. This is like, you know, gluten-free. It's completely gluten-free. Now, who knew that? I always thought... Right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, all of those glutenophobes out there, they Mm -hmm. can have uh, a dish of uh, buckwheat naengmyeon, and they're sticking within their routine. The thing is, a lot of the restaurants, because buckwheat lacks gluten, they're really hard to handle. There's zero elasticity, Mm. right? So... A lot of these like buckwheat noodles are made by hand because they're so difficult to manipulate by machine. Um, the, the way buckwheat noodles are made in many different cultures, again, is through extrusion. It's put through like a perforated, on a perforated surface, the actual dough, and then it's pushed through with the tiny little holes like into those, a bo- uh, boiling pot of water. It's like when you're a kid, those Play-Doh machines you had and you would push, <laughs> the, push it through exactly. and you get little noodles. Right. That's okay. how buckwheat noodles are commonly made. Um, that's how naengmyeon noodles are made, how meimilguksu is made here in Korea. And another example, just to give you an idea, is um, when you go to Venice, right? The Veneto region of Italy, they have these uh, pasta noodles. They're made fresh. They're not dried. They're called bigoli. And that that's how they're made. It's pushed through like pushed holes through. and uh, into a boiling pot of water. So none of this stuff where it's kind of pressed between two rollers and then they kind of cut it. Right. They just kind of ram it through exactly. the holes. And when, I, when you say, oh, you know, all those people who want like gluten-free diet or on a gluten-free diet, you got to be careful though because, it, because they're so difficult to manipulate. Many of the restaurants, they add wheat to it, right? Add a little bit of gluten, which makes it easier to work with. I suspect that's yeah. probably the case in most of the noodles you're going to order out. Isn't yes. It? Yeah. Um, even in Japan, Japanese love soba noodles, right? It, they have a huge cultural significance in that country, and they're consumed like you know all throughout the year. But um, uh, some some restaurants, you know, provide like 100% buckwheat noodles soba. But um, in many cases, the ratio is 80% buckwheat to 20% wheat. Mm. Same for like Korean buckwheat noodles as well, naengmyeon, for mm. example. Um, certain naengmyeon restaurants in Seoul, you add a little bit more money to order the 100% buckwheat version. Ah. Right. I um, used to live in India and I would mm-hmm. go to Dharamsala all the time, sure. which is where the, the Dalai Lama lives, mm-hmm. right? And the Tibetan community yeah. is up there. Mm-hmm. They're big into buckwheat. Oh, yeah. And one of the things you learn real early about the Dalai Lama is that his breakfast every single morning is to take a, a handful of champa flour, that's buckwheat mm-hmm. flour for mm-hmm. them, mix it with a little water and roll it into some balls. And uh, that's what he eats. He just oh. he might dip it in a little bit of uh, honey or something right. like that or yogurt. I think he dips it in yogurt. That's his breakfast at like four in the morning. You know what? Have you ever tried toasted buckwheat? I'm not the sure whether I have seeds? or not. Yeah. They take on a really crunchy, almost cereal-like texture. Okay. And they're super nutty. I love just snacking on them. And I sprinkle them on like over cooked rice for that extra texture. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. A single buckwheat, uh, what do I call it? Seed? Grain? Yeah, seed. Um, it's not a grain. It's not a grain. You yeah. made that very clear. Mm-hmm. 
Is it like the size of a sesame seed? No, it's they're they're Bigger. maybe like five times, four times the size of sesame seeds. They're triangular in shape, kind of getting into flax seed triangular territory. shape. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, can I get it in that form, just plain old toasted grains, and then yeah, so yeah. I can toss it on my rice. Sure, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, um, a lot of them are hulled, but uh, you can get them on the hull as well. And uh, if you want to preserve the integrity of the flavor of the buckwheat when you make noodles and such, uh, you want to keep the the outer hull mm-hmm. on, and uh, they're full of nutrients as well. It's like rice; brown rice is more nutritious than you know the white rice. Same thing. Shall we take a little buckwheat around the world trip? Sure. You just mentioned Tibet and uh, northern China. Because wheat doesn't grow in mountainous regions, uh, buckwheat is a common, you know, staple over there. Um, In India, on Hindu fasting days, there are several of those. Eating cereals as wheat or rice is prohibited. And uh, on those days, people eat buckwheat since buckwheat is not a grain. Buckwheat has a loophole in the fasting routine. (laughs) Although it looks like a grain, right? Um, Eastern Europe, people make porridge with buckwheat. It's a definitive peasant dish made from roasted groats um, that are cooked with broth to produce the consistency of chuk, you know, in Mm. Korean. Uh, They're used as a filling for cabbage roll, for example. Um, What else? In France, in France, in the Brittany region, they're famed for their galette, which is the savory crepe. And uh, they come with uh, fried egg, ham, mushrooms, cheese, and they're folded mm-hmm. into like a square. Yeah. And they're, they have a really crunchy uh, kind of like a texture. I like savory crunchy. And they're super holy all over. They've got holes all over the pancake. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a little bit like a French version of an Indian dosa. You know, those exactly. super flat pancakes totally. filled with good stuff. Yeah. yeah. They, they definitely look like them too. Mm. And uh, buckwheat, when they're eaten fresh right after they've been harvested, they have a distinct flavor actually. They're earthy. They're slightly bitter as well. And they have a mildly mushroom-like flavor. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, earthy, so, I guess. Yeah, those are the... F- like flavor profiles that you want to go for. And again, Koreans really like to consume buckwheat in the summertime. But then by the time it reaches summer, it's already been a few months since the buckwheat uh, from which the noodles were made from have been harvested. Right? Mm. It's made from last year's harvest. So you really want to go for the buckwheat um, noodles or any sort of buckwheat dish when um, it's cold outside. So if we're talking sort of just flavor and uh, taste yeah. experience, cooler seasons. We're going for fall. Yeah. If we're talking for the health benefits sure. of cooling down your body in the summer. There you go. Yeah. Sometimes, like for example, I know that in Jeju they they harvest small portions, not not huge bulks of uh, buckwheat in the summertime as well. Uh, buckwheat is harvested in limited. Um, quantities during the summer months, for example, in July, uh, in Jeju, for example. Mm. But then, but the it's uh, but the season for buckwheat is basically fall. Got to remember that. Got it. So let's October. drill down a little bit into the sure. the Asian, the Northeast Asian version of buckwheat um, in in Korea slash Japan. Yeah. Um, what what are we doing? With noodles. Buckwheat? Noodles. Yep. Noodles. Period on the sentence or more noodles, than noodles. Period. Okay. Yeah. Like in Japan, soba noodles, they're served both uh, chilled and in a hot broth Mm. with a variety of toppings. It can come with um, like fish, Mm. sardines, for example, or, you know, it can come with like tempura on the top. So whatever goes. In Korea, naengmyeon is it. 
basically. Um, they come, it's, a, it's a North Korean cuisine because North Korea has a you know, relatively lower temperature than here in South Korea. How similar are Japanese soba noodles and naengmyeon noodles here in Korea? Um, naengmyeon noodles, you know what, if you think about it, uh, aside from how they're prepared into like a, a finished dish, they, they're not that different. Mm. Because the, the basic ingredients is buckwheat flour and water. Right, and it's just the ratio of wheat to buckwheat, or if it's like one hundred percent, that's the main difference. Mm. But you know, buckwheat buckwheat noodles are buckwheat noodles. Mm. You mentioned it, this Eastern European juk-like thing mm-hmm. with buckwheat. Do, do Koreans the do juk with juk with buckwheat? Maybe juk. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've tried that. I think my mom made it for me once when I was sick or something. Sounds kind of intense, mm-hmm. very grainy and earthy. Yeah, the thing is, well, you know when you make noodles with wheat, it's super smooth, really silky. Think of like Chinese noodles, mm. right? All manner of Chinese noodles where they're flat or thin. But then when you make noodles with buckwheat, they do take on a coarser texture, but they're smooth at the same time. That's the beauty of buckwheat noodles, right? They're not completely smooth. They do have kind of like this, kind of like a, a slightly rougher texture for sure okay and they're gray in color mostly noodles uh if if like korean home chefs Mm -hmm. and moms and stuff they would buy their noodles already pre-made nobody hand makes noodles no not really okay right and uh, making noodles from scratch is a serious business and certain (laughs) restaurants take it very very seriously right i love hand drawn or hand pulled noodles like yeah. those places where the guy kind of Same shows here. off yeah it's awesome <laughs> uh, you won't be able to do that with buckwheat yeah dough because it again have the elasticity yeah. doesn't exist at all right so anyways let me talk about naengmyeon and some other dishes that's made with buckwheat um chilled buckwheat noodles naengmyeon uh they're usually they're, they're served primarily in two different ways which is in a sort of like a chilled broth or one that comes with that spicy red um, chili powder-based sauce with a ton of garlic, ginger, green onions, and it's slightly sweet as well. Mm. Um, some versions of naengmyeon are served with raw skate or even dried fish, and it all depends on the region as well. Mm-hmm. Naengmyeon and raw skate. Yeah. It's, okay. it's not the it's not the, uh, it's fermented, not the fermented one. No, it's not the Slightly fermented more version. Right. Um, but they do have that kind of like a texture, uh, you know, from the cartilage. They're kind of like crunchy. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I have you tried that. it? I have. Hey, both, both kinds. Yeah. Oh, I haven't had the naengmyeon with skate. Okay. That still awaits. But it's, I've had them separately. Okay. You wouldn't put, would you put skate into the spicy version or the sort spicy of... Spicy bur- version. Okay. Yeah. Always right. a spicy version. Makuksu um, is a specialty... In the Kangwon province, because uh, Korea's biggest producer of buckwheat is uh, Kangwondo in Pungpyeong. Mm-hmm. And uh, chilled buckwheat noodles. Makuksu and naengmyeon, I guess they're sort of related. They're cousins. I was going to yeah. kind of say that. They have a different terminology, but their cousins are related for sure. So the basically chilled buckwheat noodles served with, um, it can be anything from like chopped aged kimchi. Yeah, that's A drizzle of uh, sesame oil. There's a little bit of some sort of like a liquid at the bottom, mm-hmm. which could be like kimchi brine. It could be anything really crushed sesame seeds yeah awesome stuff you've tried makuksu i have yeah are yeah. you a fan of oh, oh, cold sure. noodles look in general if it's cold noodles i'm not a huge fan of the spicy versions right because i think it really does trample all mm-hmm. of the flavors it's like you know you're eating gochujang and that's it um or gochukaru or whatever uh, i'm much more a fan of the the delicate ones yeah so the 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 soupy version of the naengmyeon is from pyongyang 
And the spicy version that you just mentioned, like pibim naengmyeon, is from hamheung. And again, there are two different kinds. When I, when I mention naengmyeon, I have to make, be sure. Pyongyang-style naengmyeon is made with buckwheat noodles, okay? Has buckwheat noodles in it. Hamheung-style naengmyeon is made with sweet potato starch. Yeah. So it's two different. Yeah. Two completely different variety of uh, naengmyeon. Totally different yeah, noodles. Yeah, totally. So if I talk about uh, the hamhung ones, then I'm, I'm getting completely off topic There's today. no buckwheat in there. There's no buckwheat. That's why they're so chewy and mm-hmm. they're thinner and have a completely different texture. Got it. Yeah. So anyways, um, and then another specialty of the Gangwon province is memilmuk. Are you familiar with the, di- the you word know, mook, you know, we which jelly? I don't know in what context this mm-hmm. came up, but mook... Um, I know dotrimuk, right? Yes. It's like acorn. Jelly. It's the funniest thing. For somebody who's not familiar with mook, like perhaps listening from outside <laughs> Korea, uh, it's How like... How would you describe it as? Because if you say jelly in, in you know, the American terminology, jelly, jelly it's something like, sweet. Jelly, it shimmers and it, it... Yeah. Gosh, it's almost like, seems like tofu in a tactile kind of way and in a looks kind of way, but it's much more... Tofu is is definitely softer in texture. It just kind of like, it collapses in your mouth without you having to chew it. Mm. But mook has a, it's it's more firm. It's bouncier. It's got that bouncy texture. At the beginning, I used to mistake mook for, uh, sorry to say it, congealed blood. I used to think it was like pig's blood or something like that. I thought, oh, there's a nice square of congealed pig's blood when actually it was like acorn mook. Yeah. How's memi mook different? Memi mook is pretty much, well, the the base ingredients is different. Memi mook is made from buckwheat. Sure. Right? So how this is made is, you can make this at home actually. You buy a bunch of buckwheat, um, you soak it for a a few hours, and then you grind it with the water, the soaking liquid, Mm. right, in a blender. And then you get this like kind of like a smooth consistency, right? And then what you do is you put it in like a mesh cloth and you squeeze out all of the liquid. Uh, That's how you get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. So you squeeze out all of the liquid. It's kind of brownish liquid. And then you have to let that liquid stand for a few hours until the residue and the top water separates. Mm. And then what you do is you throw out the, the top water, the clear part. And then with the residue, you have to simmer that over heat until mm. it becomes like really thick. And then you pour that into a mold, let it cool, and then you cut it up. You slice it up. And then you don't eat it like that because it just tastes bland pretty much. Um, so you usually like, you know, top it with a dressing of sorts like soy sauce, garlic, chopped green onions, and uh, chopped red or green peppers. And that's how it's usually served. You can also top it with a little bit of, um, you know, shredded kim seaweed. Yeah. So you can go through that process or you can go to your traditional market and bring home all the mook you can carry for <laughs> manwon or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a nutritious dish. It's somewhat healthy because there's zero fat in there, right? Because it's basically... Kind of a superfood in a way. Yeah, yeah. This would be one of those good paleo, mm-hmm. get in shape kind of things. And you can actually make a whole meal out of this. Instead of just mook and the sauce on top, you can add like a variety of like chopped fresh vegetables, like chives or green onions. Yeah. You can like, you know, shred lettuce and top it. You can make a little salad. You're inspiring me. I'm going to yeah. go pick up some of this today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I could go, they would have it at the market, right? Right, right next to the dotori mook and all that stuff. Sure. And then you can also make mukbap. So what that is, is they bring out a bowl of um, kind of like a chilled broth, sort of like the, you know, naengmyeon broth. And then they put the mook in there, you know, a bunch of like uh, garnish, 
keem seaweed for example vegetables and then it comes with rice a bowl of rice you dump the bowl of rice in there eat it together and that's a complete meal got it very cool Mm -hmm. okay now uh there's got to be some pancake action going on of course um one of my favorites is uh the which is literally it's it's like a crepe what you do is you make the batter it's super thin and then you pour it into a pan Again, really thin. You spread it out. It takes no time to cook, and it like as it cooks, you can see like those tiny holes forming mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. all over the surface. And then what they do is you remove it from the pan, cool it, and then Koreans place a little bit of um, a filling on top of the pancake, um, made with kimchi, tofu. You can add pork, ground pork in there. It's seasoned with. Um, I don't know, sesame oil. And then you put it in there. It's kind of like a mandu filling. You roll it up like a kimbap and then you slice it into bite-sized pieces. And it holds its integrity like that? Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then it's served with a dipping sauce. And uh, this kind of dish, meimeljambyeong, is served commonly served in like makoksu places. Kangwondo is famous for this dish. And uh, uh, kind of like an adapted version of the meimeljambyeong, they pan fry it. Yeah. Right? So the outer layer is really crispy, kind of like a kunmandu, like pan-fried mandu dumpling. And I guess it's kind of hardwired into the nature of the memil that mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't rise. It's not wheat. It, yeah. it, so you can't make it thick like so a pajong ma- kind of thing. So what if you want to make the, the memil batter rise, what do you do? You can add yeast in there or mm. you can add a little bit of wheat, right? Mix it, leave it for mm-hmm. a little bit so mm. it forms the gluten. Uh-huh. becomes slightly more chewy. Uh, yeah. Easier to handle. That sounds, uh, I mean, the, there is room for creativity with these uh, memil For sure. I mean, you could do anything. But again, if you're a home cook and you've never worked with uh, buckwheat flour before, again, I do advise you for the first few times, do add a little bit of wheat flour in there or else the batter will just break. It's so easy. It's so easy to break the It'll become the like pancake. a matzah in the pan. Won't yeah. It? yeah. It's difficult to flip. You know, there's no gluten in there. And just leave the batter for a little bit with a Your little basic, bit of wheat flour. Your uh, basic memilchon batter is what? Like a cup of um, memil flour? Flour, a little bit of wheat flour if a you want. A little bit of wheat flour yes, if you want. Water, and a couple of eggs? Water. You can add eggs in there too. Uh, but I you do. can just do it with water? Yeah. Okay. But then again, make sure to leave it for a little bit. Getting almost, you can make almost like a nice flat bread, mm-hmm. uh, sort of a pita in a way. Or a, um, what do they call those things? Uh, if you want to make a bread with buckwheat, again, you have to add the wheat flour. All right, there you go. <laughs> so buckwheat flour is optional. Yerika, it's been an education. Um, I'm going to go and find myself memilmuk today and experiment with some of the chum. Thank you for coming <laughs> no in. No problem.